Turn with me, please, to Luke, the fifth chapter this evening, Luke chapter 5 and verse 12. Luke 5, verse 12, it came to pass when he, Jesus, was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy. Now, Luke was a doctor. Uh, and instead of just saying he was leprous, he said he was full of it. He'll give you different descriptions about it. So the man's case was far advanced. And this man, full of leprosy, saw Jesus and fell on his face and besought him and said, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Somebody said that out loud. If you will, you can make me clean. Who's he talking to? The master. He told him he believed he could, but he wasn't sure about something. What was it? He wasn't sure if it was his will. Does this remind you of anything you've heard today in modern times concerning healing? Millions, that's not an exaggeration, millions of Christians believe God can heal. If it's his will. What do they base this belief on? You know, we believe in healing. We pray for people to be healed. We believe for people to be healed. We never pray for people to be healed if it be his will. We don't. But that makes us different from a lot of folks. Doesn't it? We believe Jesus answered this question and that his word is good for everybody all the time. What did he say? What did he say? Jesus said, aren't you glad he didn't say I won't? Jesus said, I will. Did he ever say I won't? Can you find any place where he said I won't? Or not now. You know in order for something to be scriptural. There's something you need to back it up. Scriptures. And people who believe it is not always God's will to heal. Do not have scriptures to support this position. They can't find one place. Where Jesus ever told anybody. It wasn't his will. Never. Not once. And yet millions believe that. It's not always his will. Listen to these other translations. The Amplified. He said, Lord, if you are willing, you are able to cure me and make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and he touched him and he said, I am willing. Be cleansed. Who said it? Is he the same yesterday, today, and forever? Wonder what's he saying tonight then? If he's not saying I'm willing, he's changed. Is he a respecter of persons? No. No. Then if he's not saying I'm willing to you, he's making you different from this guy. I know people don't like it this simple. (laughs) But we accept it just like this. Right? Listen to the living Bible. 
When he saw Jesus, he fell to the ground on his face in the dust, begging to be healed. He said, sir, if you only will, you can clear me of every trace of my disease. Wonder how many people in hospitals, how many people at home are saying, God, I know you can. Oh, God, I know you got the power. Oh, God, I know you can do anything. Oh, God, I know you could heal me. Then what will they say? If, if it's your will. Why do they say that? Based on what scripture? Did the Lord tell them to pray this? Some will say, yes, yes. Now, Jesus in the garden prayed, not my will, but thy will be done. They're not having a healing meeting in the garden. Nobody's asking to be healed. It's got nothing to do with being healed. People just take scraps and pieces of the scripture they don't understand and mix it all up. And they go, well, hey, scriptures is scriptures, ain't they? Parts is parts. No, no. You're supposed to rightly divide the word. It helps to read what scriptures came before it. And what came after it. Right? And it helps to read the whole Bible. Because it all agrees. No, you're not to take half a verse you don't understand and build some wild doctrine off of it. No. Jesus said, what did he say? He said, I know you can. I know you can. If you will. What did Jesus say? Here in the living he said, of course I will. Be healed. That's good enough for me. How about you? Of course I will, Jesus said, be healed. Of course I will. So we begin a couple of sessions ago on this series we're calling God's Will to Heal. And we're taking step by step and we're going through the scriptures to establish it beyond any shadow of doubt that it is God's will For all to be healed now. Now if you don't believe that. Don't take my word for it. But don't be stuck on your opinion either. Follow us. Through the scriptures. Let's go further into it. Are you ready? God's will to heal. Number one we said. We're sure it's God's will for all to be healed because God's word is medicine. Hmm? Well, that's a good one. Proverbs 4 talks about, he said, my son, attend to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for they are life to those that find them and they are health or the margin says medicine to all their flesh. God's word will heal you. Psalmist said he sent his word and healed them. When you say healing's not for everybody, what did you just get through saying? You just got through saying God's word's not for everybody. Because God's word will heal you. That's a Bible fact. You take enough of God's word long enough, it will heal you from anything. I firmly believe that. Number two, we said we are convinced, fully persuaded, 
It's God's will for all to be healed today because of a strong spirit. Strong spirit. What do you mean by that? Well, Proverbs, what was it, 1814? Is that what we gave you? I believe that's, yeah, Proverbs 1814. Said the strong spirit of a man will sustain him in bodily pain and trouble. What will get you through pain and problems and attack? A strong spirit. That was Proverbs 18.14 in the Amplified. You don't have to turn these. I'm reviewing. Well, when you say it's not God's will for all to be healed, what did you just get through saying? It's not God's will for all to be strong. Because if you're strong enough in your spirit, the Bible says that will get you through any kind of attack. Is it God's will for you to be weak or strong? strong. If it's God's will for you to be sick... And broken and not able to overcome it. Then you just got through saying it's God's will for you to be weak. And defeated. That's not true. I said it's not true. You've been made more than a conqueror. You're an overcomer. Remember we went through those scriptures we said we're strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Remember we, we saw them verse after verse after verse. Let the weak say. I'm strong. How many understand? You get so strong in your spirit, that's where the life of your flesh comes from. The stronger you get inside, life will come into you and build up your immune system and build up your whole body and cause you to overcome whatever it is that's attacking you and bothering you. So let's go on. Number three. We are sure it's God's will for all to be healed today. Because of the original creation. This is number three. The original creation. Turn to Genesis please. Genesis chapter one. Now some of you have heard some of these things before. What does that mean? Not too much. Huh? You want to listen to them like you have not heard them. Some of you have eaten steak and potatoes before. But you're not going in the strength of steak and potato that you ate in 1969. I mean, if some people ate their physical food like they hear the word of God, they'd have starved to death a long time ago. Hmm? Be like taking their tray to the cafeteria, putting it on there and going, oh, salad, I had that in 72. <laughs> oh, beans, I had that in 65. No, no. But, uh, well, if you're not going to eat the same thing you've eaten before, you're going to starve. And Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So how many know you're supposed to hear the same thing? Again, why? Because it feeds your spirit. And as you grow, you get more out of it than you did the last time. How many have found this? As you grow and develop, you see things you didn't see in that verse before. Oh, wow. So hear these things like you haven't heard them before because in truth, there are things here we've not seen and heard before. But then if you have heard it before, you still need to be fed on it. It needs to feed your spirit. And it, it feeds you even more than you realize it is. Does things on a level that's above and beyond your conscious. 
Genesis 1, are you there? Genesis 1 is the beginning of what we know about. And uh, the Bible says in Genesis 1, verse 3, God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light that it was good. Skip down to verse 10. God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas, and God saw that it was good. Verse 18. He gave these uh, lights to rule in the day and the night to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. Verse 21. God created great whales and every living creature that moved, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Are you seeing a recurring theme here? Huh? God made something and what? It was good. He made something else and it was good. Then he made some more things and they were good. Then he made some more and it was it was good. Verse 25. God made the beast of the earth after his kind and cattle after their kind and everything that creeps upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was what? It was good, good. And God made man, verse 26, and he blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion over it. Verse 29, God said, I've given them seed and to the beast, verse 30 and verse 31. And God saw everything that he had made and behold It, what, it, what? It, everything he had made, was, the original adds a word, very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. If you look up this word translated very, it's the word for mighty. So I guess we're accurate down south when we say that's mighty good. That was mighty good. We're correct with the original Hebrew. Mighty meaning powerful good. Powerful good. Which is another way of saying very. Very is correct, but I like mighty, don't you? I mean, that's, that's really, might even be more accurate. Mighty good. God saw everything that he made and it was mighty good. Somebody say mighty good. How about God? God is mighty. He's powerful good. He is mighty good. He is plenty very good. Language begins to fail. But... Everything he made, it was good. When did he make the bad stuff? Huh? When did he make it? When did God create cancer? First day? Third day? When did God create AIDS? 
On what part of what day? What part of the creation? When did that come into being during his creation? First, second, third, fourth, fifth, six days. On what day did he create arthritis? He didn't. I said he didn't. Sickness, disease is not a part of God's original creation. It is not. You can't look at cancer and say, behold, it is very good. You can't look at AIDS, abscesses, tumors, growths, inflammation, and say, behold, those tumors are very good. Behold, those abscesses and growths are mighty good. No. No. Because they are not good. Sickness is not good. Now, I know this sounds simplistic, but do you understand there are still millions of Christians that will tell you, well, maybe God had some kind of purpose in it. And really, I know it's an awful thing, but really, I think maybe it was a blessing in disguise. It's either good or it's bad. And God did not confuse us. Everything that God made... Was mighty good. Mighty fine. (laughs) And mighty good. Everything. Including Adam. And Eve. How many believe. Adam was defect free. Eve was deformity free. They had no. Flaws, they had no deformities, they had no disease in them at all. They were brilliant. They were magnificent, weren't they? Their bodies were perfect. Their minds were amazing. They talked with God in the afternoon about things He wanted to talk about and they understood it. I'm sorry, but I don't accept the version of them sitting in a cave naked going, ugh, ugh, ugh. I don't believe it. There may be some people who fell to near animalistic states centuries after creation. But no, Adam and Eve, brilliant. And they're perfect. But in their brilliant state, if you'd have told them, I have a headache, they'd have looked at you puzzled and said, a what? You said a headache. Man, my head's uh, got a headache, a, a migraine. A what? What is that? My head hurts. It's pounding. They'd look at you like, What? They had nothing to reference it to. Nothing. They didn't know what it was like to have an off day. I just feel a little off today. I just feel a little bit under the weather. I don't know. I'm just not. A little bit slow. A little bit weak. I don't know. They, They wouldn't even understand what you were talking about. Because when God made them. He made them. Perfect and whole 
and strong. If disease pleased the Father, he would have made them with diseases. If deformities and sickness was his will, he would have created Adam and Eve with them built right in from the start. And anything that came along later because of sin and death and curse is not an improvement on God's original creation. And is not good. God hates sickness. That's a big statement, but I want you to think about it now. He hates sin. And death is his enemy. Boy, the way some preachers talk. Bless their hearts. You hear preachers standing over uh, caskets and talking about God took this one in death and healed them through death because he loved them and wanted them to be with him more than anybody else. Talking about a 20-year-old that died in a car crash. Death is the enemy of God. 1 Corinthians 15. It's the last enemy that shall be put underfoot. It was not a part of his original creation. When God created everything, nothing died. Nothing. Flowers didn't die. Trees didn't die. Animals didn't die. And men and women did not die. We need to be reminded of this, don't we? Everything you and I have known since we've come into this world is warped, it's twisted, it's distorted from the way God made it. And even in its fallen condition, it's amazing, this planet. But we need to remind ourselves it's messed up. (laughs) The Bible said it is groaning and travailing. Why? It's dying. The planet's dying just like we are been cursed that's why the plates are shifting and volcanic eruptions and hurricanes this is not the will of God this is not what God created it's been messed up it's off Romans 8 says the whole planet is groaning and travailing why sin messed it all up oh but he's going to fix it I said he's going to fix it He's already got the plan. Amen. In operation. Just a matter of time. But what we need to know right here and now in this life. Is what's good and what's evil. What's of God and what's not of God. What we're to receive and bear patiently. And what we are to resist with everything that's in us. Christians have been lied to. Because they've been told from pulpits that God was teaching them something through this sickness. God sent it on them to develop some kind of piety or some kind of spirituality in them. And they're supposed to bear it with meekness and with patience. It's a lie. I said it's a lie. Sickness is evil. I'm going to prove it to you. If you'll just stay with me, I'm going to prove it. And if you'll receive scriptures, I'm going to prove it to you. We've already got scriptures. Depending on how much it takes. (laughs) But just stay with us. If God had wanted man sick, he would have created man that way. On what day did God create sickness and disease? He didn't. Sickness is not a part of God's original creation. 
God created things according to his perfect will. That's his will. And that's one reason we know it's not God's will for us to be sick. But now skip down to another reason. What's this number four? Number four, we're sure it's God's will for all of us to be healed because of heaven. Heaven and the world to come. Go to Revelation, please. Revelation 21. Now, did you notice we were in the very beginning of the book? Now, where are we? In the very end of the book. <laughs> Revelation 21, 1. John saw in the future. By the Spirit of God, he saw what's still ahead of you and me. This is not a fairy tale. This is not just something that somebody imagined. This is your future we're reading right here. In a very short time, you and I and many more like us will be experiencing these verses. Can you get excited about it? This is our future. He said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. Were what? I told you it was dying. So what happened to the old earth? It passed away. (laughs) That's true. So if somebody said, save the planet, you can't. Now, there's no need in seeing how quick you can mess it up. But we, in the truest sense of the word, we are not going to save the planet. Revelation even tells you how it's going out. Now, I don't want to get into that, but it describes exactly. It's things that scientists have talked about. But it already tells you how it's happening. But the planet's not going to survive like it is. How's it going out? The Bible says the elements are going to melt with fervent heat. The whole surface of the planet is going to melt. The surface the atmosphere, everything is going. The planet as we know it is going to be gone. But God is creating a new one. That is perfect the way he started the old one. Oh, glory to God. And you and I are going to be there and be a part of it. And this time, nobody's messing it up. Somebody said, you really believe all that? Every word. Every word. Makes me happy too. He said, I saw a new heaven. I saw a new earth. The first heaven and earth had passed away. And there was no more sea. Now, you know, you got a lot more real estate like that. Because <laughs> most of this planet is covered in water. <laughs> yeah. And he said, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. God's going to live with us. Hallelujah. Verse 3, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. This is where you stay. You go, with God. Where you live at? I live with God. We all live the same place. Mm. We live with Him. 
He lives with us. Glory to God. Somebody said, where's God? And you go right over there. You're going to see him? We'll be able to physically in bodies that you can touch just like this one. Physically walk to the throne. We will live together. Whoo! Makes you want to say, "Come quickly, Lord Jesus." Just let's just let's do it now. It'll come quick enough. Why is he tarrying? A lot of people that don't know him yet. A lot of people need to come in. It's his mercy that this thing is that he's tearing. Verse four. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. Paradise regained. Paradise restored. Original creation, original and perfect plan and will of God restored. Back to the way he intended it before it got messed up. No more death. Let me say no more death. Neither sorrow, no more grief, no more depression, no more crying. How about that? No more boohooing. Right? No more sobbing. What else? Neither shall there be any more pain. Now pain covers everything from stumping your toe to a toothache to a terminal disease. Pain, not any more pain. None. 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 For the former things are passed away. There's more about this in the next chapter, chapter 22. But how, I mean, it'd be hard to find a Christian that's been around church at all or a Bible that wouldn't quickly agree with you and go, yes, in heaven, if you said, how much disease is in heaven? They'd go, oh, none, none. How many sick people in heaven? Oh, no sick people. How many blind people and deaf people and, you know, deformed people? No, oh, none, none. No sick up there. No sick, no sick. So we're agreed that it is not God's will for any sickness and disease and death in heaven or in the world to come. Well, what about, is it his will, though, for people sometimes to be sick and suffering on the earth? Millions would go, well... Obviously, sometimes it is. So you're saying that God has a different will for the earth than he does for heaven. Go to Matthew 6. Matthew 6. Does God really have two different wills for heaven and earth? A lot of people learn this in Sunday school. Matthew 6, people call it the Lord's Prayer. 
He said, Matthew 6, verse 9, after this manner pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Read the rest of it. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. How are we to understand this? Hmm? But now you do know millions of people believe that God has purpose in people being sick and suffering on the earth, although they would never agree that it might be his will for them to be sick in heaven. People say, well, I want to hurry up and get to heaven so I don't have to deal with all this sickness and disease. Well, I thought you said it's God's will for you to be sick. I believe it. Yeah, God put this on me to teach me or to glorify him. Well, then don't be in a hurry to get to heaven. Because in heaven, his will is unhindered and perfected. If it's his will for you to be sick down here, you'll be way sicker in heaven. He said, oh, no, no, I won't. If it's his will, he doesn't change. His will doesn't change. Can you see this? In the beginning in his creation, what was his will? Wholeness, soundness, life, no death, no suffering. What's his will when everything's restored? Same thing. Wholeness, soundness, strength, no death, no pain, no dying. What happened in the middle here? Did he change? He does not change. His will now is the same as when he made Adam and Eve. It's the same as what it's going to be when this earth is gone. Did you hear me? And he told us to pray that his will would be done on earth just like it is in heaven. Now that tells you a couple of things. One, it tells you that it's not being done in its completion. If it was, why would you need to pray that it would be? There are all kind of things happening on the earth that are not the will of God and that don't please God. Pray that it would be. We're sure it's God's will for all to be healed because of God's original creation. Also because of heaven and his will in heaven and the world to come. Let's go on now to another point. If God didn't create sickness and disease, if it's not part of his original plan or will or purpose for us, and when everything is fixed, it'll be gone again. Where did it come from? And why is it here? How did it get here? And why is it here? That's our next point. Reason number what? Five. We are sure it is God's will for all to be healed because of the origin of sickness. Turn to Romans 5, please. Romans 5. How did sickness get here? Where did it come from? Well, Romans 5 says it. Romans 5 and verse 11. He said, We joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom we have now received the atonement. The other translations say reconciliation. Verse 12, wherefore as by one man 
sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. How did death get in? Was there death in God's original creation? No. No. See, this is all we've ever known. Is thorns and briars and viciousness of nature and storms and aging. That's all we've known since we've been here. People think this is normal. It is not normal to God. When everything's restored, Isaiah said the lion is going to lie down with the lamb. The little baby is going to play at the snake's den. And nobody's going to get hurt. Nothing, there's going to be nothing to step on and get hurt. The animals are not going to kill each other anymore. Somebody said, how will that work? Carnivores will be vegetarians. The Bible said that the lion would eat straw like an ox. All this violence of animals tearing each other apart, that was never to be. It's not God's plan and will. Certainly not man killing each other. How did this terrible death get in here? Sin. How many know we should not make light of sin? You hear people sometimes, you know, they they just sin and sin and sin and sin and you try to talk to them about the seriousness of it and the repercussions of it and they go, ah, just first John one nine it. You know, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? What has sin done to us? And what did it take to get sin off of us? What kind of price had to be paid? Sin is serious. It's serious. Go to the sixth chapter. We should not take sin lightly. We live in a society where the church belittles sin. They don't even want to use the word anymore. People don't have sins. They just have problems in today's society. They have problems that they're working on, which means leave me alone and I'll change if and when I get good and ready to. And it's a problem. It's a big problem because did you know it pays to sin? Romans 6, are you there? Hmm? (laughs) Romans 6, 23, what does it say? For the wages, what's wages? That's pay. (laughs) Listen, did I hear you right by the key? You said it pays to sin. You heard me. It pays to sin. What does that mean? The wages, the pay of sin is death. It pays to sin, but the pay is death. Yeah, but I'm in the new covenant and we're under grace today, so I can just sin. No, you're going to get paid. You cannot just sin and sin and sin. You know, what what people don't understand, crying because you got caught is not repenting. What does repentance mean? Anybody know? Repent means to change. You can cry all night. And if you don't change the next day, you didn't repent. Nothing has changed. And since you didn't repent, 
You're going to keep getting paid. Death. This is something I think a lot of people don't understand. They want the blessings of God, but they want to do what they want to do. Hmm? Can you just yield to your flesh? Have all kinds of affairs? Hurt people right and left? Steal and lie? And live a long time and stay healthy and prosper in God's best. Some say, well, God will forgive me. He will, and he loves you, but it'll cost you. Did you hear me? And even though God loves you and forgives you, you can still disqualify yourself from his best in your life. Don't belittle sin. Sin is serious. Sin is why this world is in a mess. And it irritates me that people blame God. Hmm? People do. Religious people all the time. Well, we just don't know what God is doing with all these wars and all these shortages and famines and, and all this stuff. Maybe they're trying to couch it in nice tones, but they're saying God is behind these little children dying from AIDS. They're saying God has some mystical purpose in whole nations of innocent people being wiped out because they're a different religion from somebody else. They're saying God has all this in control and we don't know why, but he's got some purpose in it. No, no, a thousand times no. God is a good God. He made it perfect and sin messed it up. Why are all these terrible things happening today? Because man has a free choice. And man has chosen to sin and disobey. But even in the middle of it, you can choose to believe and submit and obey. And you can be blessed. In the midst of an ugly, mean world, you can be protected. Oh, hallelujah. In the midst of a germ-ridden, disease-filled planet, you can be healed. Oh, come on now. In the midst of a shortage and economic upheaval world, you can be prosperous. Yes, you can. If you'll obey. If you listen. If you believe. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Where did sickness come from? God didn't create it. It's not part of his plan. Sickness is a part of death. By one man, sin entered in and death came because of that sin. Because the wages of sin is death. Somebody says, well, it doesn't say sickness. Yes, it does. It also says poverty. It also says every kind of harassment and confusion and any form of death. How many know you get enough poverty in your life, you're dead? Enough poverty means you don't even have enough food and drink to keep your body alive. How many know you get enough sickness in your body, you're dead? Right? It is incipient death. It's just different degrees of death. And none of it would be here if it hadn't been for sin. And to say that sickness, which is a product of sin, is the will of God, is tantamount to saying that what caused it is the will of God. You might as well say sin is the will of God. Did you hear me? 
If there'd never been any sin, there'd never been any death or sickness or poverty. John Alexander Dowie said this. He said, sickness is the foul offspring of its father, Satan, and its mother, sin. Did you hear that? He said that turn of the century. Sickness is the foul offspring, and it is foul, of its father, Satan, and its mother, sin. To say sickness is the will of God is equal to saying sin is the will of God because sickness is the product of sin. I know that's a strong statement, but disprove it. Are you with me? We're sure. It's God's will for all of us to be healed because sin is not the will of God. And any of the results and products of sin cannot be the will of God. So healing is the will of God. Hmm? Can you take one more tonight? These all flow together. We're sure it's God's will for all of us to be healed today. Because sickness is of the devil. It's a work of the devil. That's not just me preaching and getting excited. I'm going to give you scripture. Huh? Are you ready? Go to Job, second chapter. Job chapter 2. Job chapter 2. We're sure it's God's will for all of us to be healed because God's word is medicine. We're sure it's God's will for all of us to be healed because a strong spirit will sustain you. We're sure it's God's will for all to be healed because in his original creation, there was no sickness. We're sure it's God's will for all to be healed because in heaven and in the world to come, there is no sickness. We're sure it's God's will for all to be healed today because if there had never been any sin, there wouldn't be any sickness or death or any such thing. So products of sin cannot be the will of God. Now don't take that and twist it into something that uh, I didn't say. Somebody said, are you saying I'm sick because I've sinned? Well, you have sinned. That's a given. But the Bible said death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. Death is on the planet because sin is here. And whether you knowingly violated laws or whether you just ignorantly didn't resist it it's here because of sin and you can't say well Adam you sorry rascal you and Eve you messed this whole thing up for us you messed it up you sorry rascals no you sin too right death passed upon all men because why all have sin but glory to God there's been a cure for sin and if there's been a cure for sin why can't you be healed then if sickness is the result and product of sin, and sin has been taken care of, why couldn't a man be healed then? Amen. Well, you can. Amen. I said you can. Amen. You got just as much right to be healed as you do to be forgiven. Amen. It's based on the same work of Jesus. Hmm? How many remember the scripture you said, any sick among you? Let him call over the elders. Let him anoint him with all. Pray the prayer of faith over him. What? 
And the prayer of faith that saved the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed any sins, they'll be forgiven. I mean, forgiven and healed. Same prayer. Same. Right? Jesus looked at people and said, rise, take up your bed and walk. After he said, your sins are forgiven. Why? He said, which one's easier to say? Well, they're the same. Because the fix for sin is the fix for everything that sin let in. Oh, come on now. Are y'all with me tonight or not? The fix for sin is the fix for everything that came as a result of sin. Glory to God. And then finally here tonight, not finally in the series, just tonight. We're sure it's God's will for all to be healed because sickness is a work of the devil. Job 2, are you there? Job 2. Verse 7. Job 2 and 7. Are you there? What does it say? So went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot to his crown. Who did it? Satan. Satan. Tell me again who did it. Satan did it. The New Living says this. Satan left the Lord's presence and he struck Job. Who struck Job? Satan. Satan struck Job with a terrible case of boils from head to foot. Who did it? Satan. Satan did it. Now just a few verses later, Job says, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, now it's good that he didn't turn against the Lord and curse him, but Job did not know the devil did it. You read scripture after scripture and chapter after chapter, he is completely oblivious to the devil. But you and I have been, Job couldn't read Job. (laughs) Could he now? So he was in the dark. About who was doing this to him. But millions of Christians who are still accusing God of making them sick have no excuse. We got the Bible. And if the Bible said the devil did it, why would you keep saying God's doing it? But the scripture says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. In Job's case, here's one. What did the Bible say? Who did it? Who made Job sick? It's inescapable. It's plain Right there. Satan did it. Somebody say the devil did it. it. Who made Job sick? Tell me. The devil did it. Go to Psalm 41. Psalm 41. Down in verse 8. Psalm 41 and 8. What does it say? What kind of disease? Do you know of any scriptures that talk about good diseases? Huh? An evil disease, they say, cleaves fast to him, and now that he lies, he shall rise up no more. The NIV says a vile disease. Sickness is vile. Now listen to Young's literal. This is why I want you to to see this verse, because Young's, same uh, author of Young's Concordance. And if you want a really good literal translation, get that out. It's not easy to read. But it's just like the original. And here's what he says. A thing 
of Belial is poured out on him. Who is Belial? Some people pronounce it Belial, I know, but the ones I've read it after Belial. He, a name for the devil. A thing of the devil. What's it talking about? Disease. According to Job 2.7, the devil did it. Talking about made him sick. According to Psalm 41.8, disease is a thing of the devil. That's two witnesses. Are you ready to go on? Luke 13. New Testament scriptures now. Luke 13. Did you hear that phrase, evil disease? Evil. God's not involved in anything evil, is he? Certainly not. Is disease evil? Scripture said it is. Is sickness evil? Now you'll hear people saying, well, we just don't really know what's good and what's evil. God knows and we don't know enough to know. I mean, maybe we think this disease is bad, but, you know, it may be good and we just don't know it. You ever hear people talk like this? Oh, are we really to believe that God does not want us to know the difference between what's good and what's evil? Then how would we know if we've got his will or we don't? Are we doing his will or we're not? Somebody says, are you doing good? I don't know, I'm doing evil, but it might be good. Because you just never know. (laughs) Is this thing on your life, is that bad or good? I don't know. You know, we just don't know. God is so high above us and beyond us that we can't understand his ways. And uh, I know it feels bad and I don't like it, but it could be good then you are hopelessly confused as to whether you're in the will of God or out of the will of God or you should receive something or resist it. People say, well, I I know it. I feel confused, but that's just the way it is. No, it is not the way it is. Ephesians tells us don't be foolish, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. It's why he gave us this book. It's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. He's not trying to hide this from us. He wants us to know plain and clear. Good, receive it. Evil, resist it. Good, do it. Evil, stay away from it. He wants us to be crystal clear on what's good and what's bad or evil. Well, what do you need to convince you that sickness is bad? We've got two witnesses already. What's a witness in Job? The devil did it. The devil did it. Who made him sick? The devil did it. Plain as you can read it. Psalm says what? It's a thing of the devil and it's evil. Disease. Here's some more witnesses. Luke 13. Luke 13. Are you there? Luke 13. The woman that had was bent over. For 18 years and couldn't straighten up herself. Jesus spoke to her that she was loosed. He laid her hands on her and immediately she straightened up and glorified God. Now nothing is said about her glorifying God those 18 years she stooped over. But as soon as she was loosed and straightened up said she glorified God. 
The ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. This is Luke 13, 14, because Jesus healed on the Sabbath day. He said, there are six days in which men ought to work in them. Therefore, come and be healed, not on the Sabbath day. Oh, <laughs> hypocrite. They never had a healing day. They never had a day where they go lay hands on her and get her straight. They had 18 years with her and nothing happened. And the Lord answered him and said, you hypocrite. I told you he's a hypocrite. You hypocrite. When Jesus calls you a hypocrite, you a hypocrite. You hypocrite. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, lo, these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? What was wrong with her? physically bent over. You've seen folks like that that couldn't straighten up. She was bent over. I don't know. People would have called it curvature of the spine or some disease or arthritis or whatever it was. Some kind of disease had her bent over. And what did Jesus say it was? His father teaching her something? Hmm? Where'd this come from then? Who did that to this woman? And he says, well, yeah, now it said in that specific instance that the devil did it. But sometimes it's the Lord. Working a, huh? Huh? Sometimes it's the devil. And sometimes it's the Lord. And you just never know what God's... How many see how ignorant this is? Does God and the devil ever swap jobs? Huh? No, we say that, but you know there are people try to tell you that sometimes the devil heals people. And there's a lot of people that tell you that God makes folks sick for very numerous and varied reasons. Just completely ignoring scripture after scripture. Here's a third witness. Hmm? It ought to be established by now. The mouth of two or three witnesses. Job 2, 7, the devil did it. Made him sick. Psalm 41, 8, it's an evil thing. A thing of the devil. Luke 13, 16, Jesus. Jesus, head of the church, who knows what he's talking about. Calls this woman's physical problem satanic bondage. Doesn't he? I accept that. Said out loud, sickness. Of the devil. devil. Evil. Evil. Satanic bondage. bondage. Who am I quoting? I'm quoting the Bible. How about another witness? Acts 10th chapter. Acts 10. We are sure. Convinced. We're persuaded. It's God's will. Perfect will. For all of us to be healed today. Why? Among other reasons, sickness is of the devil. Sickness is a work of the devil. Acts 10. Are you there? Acts 10 and uh, 38. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth 
with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good. Doing what? Did he ever do any bad? Did he ever do any evil? Of course not. He only did good. And what was part of the good he was doing? He went about doing good and healing, healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. According to the Holy Ghost, speaking through the book of Acts here, everybody that Jesus ministered healing to was oppressed of the devil. Hmm? Didn't say he went about doing good and healing people that were oppressed of God. That God put sickness on them to teach them something. No, everybody that Jesus healed, he's, the scripture here said they were satanically oppressed. According to the Bible, Acts 10.38, sickness, disease is satanic oppression. We could keep going, but how's four witnesses? How much more do you need? Four witnesses in the mouth of two it could be established from the Bible. Go with, with me over it again. Job 2.7 says what? The devil made him sick. The devil did it. Didn't say God did it. The devil did it. Psalm 41.8. Disease is evil. It's a thing of Belial. A thing of the devil. Luke 13.16. Sickness is satanic bondage. And people that are bound. Jesus said she ought to be free. She ought to be set free. She ought to be loosed. From this satanic bondage. You never hear him saying. God was teaching or something. Or it wasn't God's timing for her to be healed. You hear it out of the mouth of preachers. You hear it in seminaries. But you never hear it in the New Testament. Acts 10.38. Everybody. And how many know Jesus ministered to a lot of people? The Bible said multitudes were healed on one day. Multitudes being thousands. And the Bible said as many as had this or that wrong with them, they brought them to Jesus. And again and again it says they were healed, everyone. They were all healed. No, not even one or two that he said, not time, sorry, not for you, no, not yet. No, all were healed. And here it says all of them that were healed. And there were many, 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 many. The Bible said they were all oppressed of the devil. The devil did it. A thing of the devil. Satanic bondage. Satanic oppression. Is that enough for you? To believe that sickness is bad? Sickness is a work of the devil? Could God want a work of the devil in us? Could it please him? A work of Belial, an evil thing, would be working in us? I'm telling you, God hates this stuff. He hates disease. Now, now don't feel bad if you've got some symptoms or problems in your body. Don't go that direction with it. You just need to know what to resist or what to receive. And you got to be crystal clear that it's not, God's not wanting you to yield to this. He's not wanting you to have this. It's not something that's pleasing Him on any level. When God made man, He made man spectacular. He made Adam and Eve beautiful. 
glorious and disease has taken this beautiful creation and twisted it and deformed it and messed it up until at times I've seen disease put a force on a body until it didn't even look human. How could God be pleased with something that messed up his perfect creation like that? No way. It displeases him. It is not his will. What does that mean? It means you got every right to stand against it. You got every right to resist it and say, no, I don't have to yield to this because it is not the will of God for me. Somebody said out loud, sickness, sickness. is not the will of God for me. Disease will never be God's will for me, cannot be healing is his will for me. Glory to God. Stand up on your feet. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.